0: everyone my name is chris thank you for joining us this morning for daily breath uh let's let us pray Dear Heavenly father lord just thank you so much for this morning and for everyone joining wanting to hear more about your word lord thank you for uh, this time and the season that we're in lord i pray that we all be reminded of um what your son did on the cross for us lord uh for our salvation and again just thank you for this evening thank you for today and i pray that weather goes well and that we're all safe during uh, potential tornadoes and again thank you for everyone who's willing to join in and listen about you lord in jesus name we pray amen today i'll be covering mark chapter 10 verse 1 through 16 and so there's kind of two sections here and so i'm gonna that's how i'm gonna split it up uh, so mark chapter 10 jesus then left that place and went into the region of judea and across the jordan Again, and crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came out, came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made, made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they, came, when they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Jesus went to Judea and began to teach those who followed him. Just like in Mark chapter eight, the Pharisees wanted to test Jesus. So they asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? The question was to challenge Jesus and put him in a difficult, difficult position with the people. The Pharisees' real question can be found in Matthew 19, verse three, where it says, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? During this time, there was this popular cultural belief that a man can divorce his wife for any reason. The Mosaic Law that Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1, states, if a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent, or other translations say uncleanliness, about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house. The popular culture belief during that time was surrounding the words indecent or uncleanliness as people were thinking that any reason could make the wife unclean, You know, whether it's them speaking harshly to the husband, not cooking well, literally anything. The Pharisees' test was to put Jesus in a position to speak against the Mosaic law or go against the popular belief of the people during the time. But look how Jesus responds to them in verse three. He didn't get angry or upset. He was calm and simply asked them a question that they knew the answer to. Jesus asked, what did Moses command you? Being the Pharisees, they knew the law and the answer. The Pharisees responded and Jesus said that Moses permitted or allowed divorce to occur because your hearts were hard. When it says your hearts were hard, a hard and heart occurs in this context because there's, no, there's an offender, someone who was unfaithful to their spouse and an offended. Someone who is unable to perfectly forgive and restore a damaged relationship. A hardened heart comes from selfishness. A person who chooses not to listen and disobey. God never commands divorce, nor does he favor it. God allows it, God allows for it because of his love for us. I'll explain this in more detail later on. Uh, what's interesting in verse six and verse eight is, is the reference that Jesus that Jesus uses for marriage. He's no longer talking about divorce, but now speaking of marriage. He goes back to the beginning in Genesis when God created man and woman in his image and that they will become one flesh. <laughs> I think Jesus wanted to go back and use creation as his reference to show God is the creator and owner of marriage, but also to refute how marriage was culturally changing. God didn't, you know, again, command divorce, like on a whim. God intended marriage in the, beginning uh, is still the same way in in the beginning as well as the time of mark and as it is in present day um verse 7 for this for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together let no one separate we get to see a bit more of god's vision of marriage the relationship between a husband and wife is more important than any other relationship. It's more important than parents, more important than children. Um, They're becoming one that God has joined together. It's a union both physically and spiritually. The Pharisees were asking, is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for any and all reasons? But Jesus is saying, let no one separate. You know, just kind of imagine if, if you broke your arm, you wouldn't separate your arm from your body. Mm-hmm. You, you would take care or rehab and spend the time for it to heal. Only in an extreme situation, similar to divorce, would you literally separate or amputate your arm, which leads me to verse 11 and 12. These two verses can be controversial as Jesus talks about sin of adultery when remarrying. Another way to think about these last two verses is whether or not remarrying is permissible. According to scripture, there are three instances where marriage is allowed. First, In Romans seven, the death of a spouse is the only instance where remarriage is permitted without going through the process of divorce. Um, By law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and is not an adulteress if she remarries another man. Secondly, remarriage is allowed if your unbelieving spouse leaves you. First Corinthians verse seven, chapter seven, verse 12 through 15 says, um, specifically starting in verse 14, uh, for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise your ch- children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. Uh, lastly, remarriage is permissible in the event of sexual immorality. Matthew 19, chapter 19, verse 9 says, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and, re- and marries another woman commits adultery. Jesus is saying, adultery happens when remarrying because the reasons for divorce are not legitimate in God's eyes. Now, what if someone got divorced that didn't fall into these categories? Like they don't love each other anymore or, or something else. Statistically, we, we probably have experienced or know someone that has been divorced or on the verge of being divorced. Um, the good news, which is the gospel, is that God loves us all and everyone is in need of a savior. People who have been divorced are not damaged goods, and I've seen countless remarriages restored and reconciled because both the husband and wife pursued Christ together. I've seen how God is working in my own marriage, and I know divorce still happens today. And with that, God, God still allows it. However, God designed marriage for our benefit and gives us the foundation on how husband and wife should work towards oneness. If you read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33, it, it's, it shows exactly how it should be. Um, but God loves us so much that he gave us the institution of marriage. And you can learn more about God's love for us in Cornerstone. Um, the last section here is uh, Mark verse 13 through 16. Um, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the d- disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone will not receive the kingdom of God like a little children will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. At this point, Jesus was a celebrity. People were hearing about Jesus and the miracles he was performing. People were bringing their, their kids, and even the kids themselves probably went to see Jesus. However, the disciples rebuked the children. Um, rebuking, the definition for that is meaning they criticized the children sharply. Um, why did the disciples criticize the children? It, it makes me think about how I criticize my own kids, and in some ways, I wonder, am I hindering them from the kingdom of God? There are times I criticize because I put my own comfort before them, where I think the kids are bothering someone or being annoying in a situation. I think that's what the disciples were doing here. Jesus, the Messiah, has thousands of people coming to him, wanting to listen to him, and people want something from Jesus, like to be healed. Because of this, the disciples are thinking, are probably thinking, Jesus doesn't have time to deal with children. However, Jesus already told the disciples in Mark chapter 9, that whoever welcomed the little children in my name welcomes me. When Jesus sees his disciples rebuking the children, Jesus was indignant. Indignant is basically feeling or showing anger because of something unjust or unworthy. Jesus became angry because the disciples were being unjust. Jesus let the children. Jesus says, let the children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. I think the picture here is that children know they aren't earning any gifts. They welcome gifts freely and with open arms. Jesus wants us to know we can't earn salvation, but we should re- receive salvation like a child receiving a gift with open arms. Um, I pray we, we be reminded of God's love for all his people and that God's kingdom is made for everyone. And that, that's my, my sharing of this morning. And so let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, again, I thank you for everyone willing to to learn more about you, Lord. I thank you um, really for how much you love us, how much you pursue us, and that you want a relationship with uniquely and that you want to um, spend eternity with us, Lord. Um, and I just, I just pray that as we go about this week and as we think about... Um, your, your mission, Lord, I pray that um, we, we be reminded to just love everyone, Lord, and especially think about our VIPs, um, people we care about, especially when you think about um, it's a mission to spend eternity with all of our, our brothers and sisters, Lord. And so I thank you for today. We pray all things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.